Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Glory. Tonight, I want to talk about prove all things. Prove all things. And those who've been coming regularly, you know that ties right into what I've been teaching where the man of God charged the church that we're to test all things. Amen? So tonight, if you'll go ahead and put up nugget number one, since I'm known around the world now as the nugget man, there's no sense in disappointing tonight. Nugget number one. Ready? Read. Proving all things is an active part. Active. That means you got to be ongoing with it. An active part of the believer's life. Nugget number two, please. Stop right there. We'll, 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 We'll read it over again. Because many of you have been attacked from people who say, you can't judge me. But, but anyway, let's go ahead and read it again. Ready? Read. You're commanded. You're commanded of God to judge, to prove, to scrutinize, to critique. Everything you hear, everything you see, everything, nugget number what? Number three? Everything that comes to you in a spiritual context should be tested. I mean, you never know if the Holy Ghost or somebody's operating by a familiar spirit. Nugget number four. Ooh, that's good. Read that again. Now, you may not agree. Well, I, you know, I don't see it that way. No problem. The spirit of God and the word of God, they agree. Well, that's not the way I was taught. I'm sorry that's the way you were taught. But the Spirit of God and the Word of God, they always agree. In other words, the Spirit of God is not going to move in such a way and it's contrary to the Scriptures. And anybody who's operating, though they say by the power of God, but what they say or doing is contrary to the Word of God, they're operating. It's by a Spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say amen? Nugget number five. Hold on, somebody need to catch their Somebody said, woo. <laughs> catch their breast on this one. And, and the reason I made this one as long as I did is because I want you to read it. Because there's a great possibility if you read it, you'll contain it. And, and with all of the teachings that I've done recently, it doesn't mean anything if you don't do this. It doesn't mean anything. Ready? Read. Develop your discernment ability. Go ahead, through consistent and yielding. Now, we need to read this again for the person you're sitting next to who don't do this. So you're really not operating with discernment. You're operating with suspicion. Because to operate in godly discernment, you have to have a a continued diet of studying the word. You have to have a prayer life. Which in turn gives you the sensitivity to yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And you can't learn from someone else how the Holy Spirit uses them and take it that that's the way the Holy Spirit is going to lead you. But you do have to take personal time with the Holy Ghost to discover how the Holy Spirit speaks and lead you. 
Can somebody say amen to this truth? Now let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We've already been there. Chapter 5 and verse number 21. This has pretty much been our foundational chapter and verse. 1 Thessalonians, you there? Look on the screen. It's already there. Ready? Read. Read it again. Read it again. Go ahead. Test all things. Then hold fast to what is good. In other words, the writer is saying, prove all things. That's our nugget number one. Proving all things is an active part of a believer's life. That means you don't do it once and it's over. You don't do it one day and it's over. You don't do it one week and it's over. As long as you're in this earth and you belong to Jesus, you should always be engaging in proving all things. Because people are not always what they present themselves to be. My daddy used to always say, an empty wagon makes a lot of noise. You, any of y'all ever heard that? My, my daddy used to always tell me, he said, he said son, uh, that person that's doing all that chitter-chatter, that ain't the one you got to be concerned with. The one you need to get, be concerned about, son, if you get in a real fight, is that guy in the corner who ain't saying nothing. That's the one you probably need to keep your eyes on. Come on, say amen. I didn't say that for you to stop saying amen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Notice Apostle Paul commands you to prove all things and to hold to that which is what? Well, what do you do with the bad? He said, Hold fast, didn't he? To what is good. Yes? Well then, what do we do with the bad? You kick it out. Ooh, Jesus. Somebody say, kick it out. And you do not allow it to have any influence over your life. If something is bad, you kick it out immediately. Why? You don't want to give it time to influence you. You put it out. I said you put it out. Uh, one man uh, had a dog and the tail was, had a challenge with the dog's tail and uh, what do you call those uh, doctors who deal with animals? Yeah, the veterinarian said you need to cut the dog's tail off. And so the owner, you know, was just so loving and compassionate, just, you know, that my dog's tail is six inches long and it's going to hurt to cut him. I, I, I don't want you to hurt my dog. I tell you what, just cut off an inch at a time. And that's how some people are in the church when they're dealing with the devil. Instead of just putting him out, they cut off an inch at a time. Not realizing that every time you cut the dog, you're going to hurt him. Now, I don't know if this is fitting in the church, but my dad used to say, cut it at the butt. Hopefully, y'all don't get excommunicated and getting voted out next Sunday for saying what I said. I'm just saying what my daddy said. And my daddy said, when, when something you're through with something, you need to leave something alone, just cut it at the butt, son. That means be through with. In other words, cut it off. Don't play with it. Don't flirt with it. Don't entertain it. Don't call it. Don't let it call you. Don't you text. Don't receive a text. Don't download it. Don't upload it. Don't give your number out. Don't take their number. Don't tell them where you live. Don't ask where they live. If they know where you live, move. Don't allow something that's bad to
to have any influence over your life. You will never be able to recognize things that are bad. You will never be able to discern things that are bad in the natural. They must be spiritually recognized. So as a Christian, if you're carnal, you are already at a disadvantage. Because if you're carnal, you don't know whether something is spiritual, the devil, or you. So instead of knowing, you're taking chances. Because you can't have discernment if you don't study. And you can't have discernment if you don't pray. Now you can be suspicious, professional, but you can't have discernment. Because spiritual discernment comes from spending time with God. that when you encounter something that is not God, you have an immediate register. Now, I may not actually know what all it is, but I know something's wrong there. How, how can you say that? Because you've been spending time with God. You've been spending time with God. And spending time with God gives you a sensitivity that you do not have when you don't spend time with him. Oh God. If there was no advantage, Minister Godot, in spending time with God, then why spend time with him? I mean, if you're not ready and willing to spend time with your spouse, why get married? Why, why put that man, why put that woman through such, such test and trial? Are you listening to me? If you didn't want to spend time with me, why did you marry me? Ain't nobody saying anything. Well, that's why God saved you. It's not just for you to go to heaven. God wants to spend time with you while you're here on earth. He doesn't want to talk to you when you just get to heaven. God wants to talk to you right now. God doesn't want to express his love to you when you get to heaven. God wants to express his love to you right now. Are you listening to me? And God wants to know that you want to hear him more than you want to hear anybody else's voice. Boy, this is good, isn't it? So you will never be able to recognize something that's not good in the natural. They must be what? Spiritually recognized. In other words, you're dealing with the spiritual world. Or one would say, you're dealing with the spirit world. And you're dealing with the spirit world right now, whether you know it or not. Everything around you is a spiritual world. If we could see into the spirit, it's more than just us in this room. Are you listening to me? But to tune in to the invisible world, you have to get on the right frequency. It's just like in this room, there are FM and AM waves. We can't see it. We don't know it. But if we get the right transistor, if we get the right radio, if we get the right electronic gadget, we can tune in to 107.7 in here. Don't look at me funny. It's in here. 88.5 is in here. Are you listening to me? 102.1 is in here. Or 101.2 is in here. 88.1 is in here. I'll find you. 103.3. It's in here. We don't know it because it's invisible. But if we get the right transmitter that we were able to tap into what is not visible... We can enjoy what is invisible. 
It's the same thing in the spirit. There are angels that are around us, sin of God, but there are also fallen angels that you deal with on a regular basis, better known as familiar spirits. And the only reason they're called familiar spirits is because their assignment from Lucifer is to watch you so that they can become familiar with what you like and what you don't like. Preach, boy, preach. They study you so they know how to attack you. They know what make you happy and what make you sad. They know what makes you excited about God. They know what causes you to become depressed. They watch you so that they can become familiar. That's why as a believer, you should walk around with a smile on your face, always looking like you got victory, if for no other reason to confuse the invisible world. Ooh, Jesus. Why? Because Satan doesn't know what he's doing is working unless you let him know. You better hear what I'm saying. I said Satan only knows that what he's doing is working because you have to let him know. Who God. Father God, he's the only one who's all-knowing. The Bible says that Satan walketh about as why is he walking around? Because he don't know everything. He's not all-knowing. Only Jehovah God is all-knowing. So he has to dangle something in front of you and see how you're going to act. And if you stop giving expression like it's working, he'll move somewhere else. I'm trying to move him out of my house out of my neighborhood and out of my church because I want to look like I have victory all the time because I've got victory all the time. When I look like I'm losing, I'm winning. And you got to know the word of God to know that. You got to know when it looks like you're losing, you're still winning. And your opposing team cannot understand when they look across the field and you're still excited. Down 40 to 7. They don't know why you're still praising God and thanking the Lord and giving him praise and giving him glory with a lump on your body. They don't understand how you're giving God praise and giving him glory and there's nothing in the cupboard. Because the cupboard is empty, that doesn't mean my God is empty. And if I praise him, and if I keep walking by faith and not by sight, something is going to manifest because the Bible says, I was young, but now I'm old, David said. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread because God's faithful. Go to Ephesians 6 real quick. Ephesians chapter 6. Come on, you need to smack somebody upside the head. You better say, you better stop looking sad. Don't, don't hit them. Don't really hit them. But when you, when you really know God, when, when, when you really know God, what can make you sad? The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mary, Mary and Martha crying over their dead brother. And Jesus said, I am. What are y'all crying about? Whatever you don't have that God says is yours, it's on the way. 
It's on the way. I said, it's on the way. I said, it's on the way. Yeah, I can shout and dance today. The Lord has blessed me. But let me talk to you for a moment about the journey to get to where I am today. Let me talk to you about bankruptcy, amen, being evicted and losing a car and losing a house and going through a divorce. Don't know where my children are. Can't pay the light bill. Can't put tire car, can't put tires on the car. Driving around with maple. Let me tell you about the journey. But the psalmist said, I've never seen the righteous. The Holy Ghost is talking to somebody because when it looks like you're losing, you're still. Good God of mercy. You're still winning. Come on, high five three people and tell them, say you're still winning. 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 Somebody gonna give you the loan. You're still winning. You're gonna get the house. It might not be that house, but it'll be a better house because you're still winning. You're still winning. Still winning. When they leave you, you're still winning because when they leave, God will see to it that something better will show up. You're still winning. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, please. Ephesians chapter 6. Somebody just got the revelation tonight. The devil's been whipping your behind, but the word of the Lord said, you're still winning. You're still, you're, oh Jesus. Even if you're in a fight, there's something to learn in a fight. Are you listening to me? If nothing else, how to duck. Because the fight is fixed. All of God's children, they win in every endeavor. Somebody ought to give God praise and thank him. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. You're dealing with the spirit world. You're dealing with the spirit world. Ephesians 6, you're there? Say amen. Look at this. For we do not wrestle. That's as far as some of you read. In other words, you're saying, I, I'm not participating. Then you're going to get pinned. But if you fight, God will fight with you. Because the fight is fixed. Look what Paul says. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Nobody in this room have enough power to hold you back. But against principalities. So we are, we are being opposed by something. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, a few years ago, me reading this, and if I do any amplification, a few years ago, this might have sound spooky. But it's not spooky today. Man, the devil and the people with the devil in them, they're parading around. They have satanic churches. They fast and pray to the devil. They have annual conventions where they come together and pray against Christian marriages. That Christian marriages would fall apart. And they've been doing this for years. I done had them throw, throw blood out in front of the church on me. Chicken feathers. Coming to church and sprinkle blood. 
I'd had all that stuff done to me. But what they failed to realize, I'd already sprinkled blood before they got there. The devil is like, you think I'm going to open up the church doors and I don't put out my stuff first? <laughs> they talking about chicken blood. <laughs> I got something more powerful than chicken blood. <laughs> Can I get a witness? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, I, some of you might remember a lady walked up to me in Raytown when we was in Raytown and walked up and got in my face. And she said, I just wanted to look at you. She said, because we've been fasting and praying hard enough for you to be dead. And they sent me here to check you out. And so how come you're not dead? This is in Raytown, before we ever came over here. And got up in my face and looked at me like she was looking through me and said, you're the real deal. And turned around and walked out of the church. Never saw her again. Now, one advantage I had in that situation is that I saw her. But the kind of power I'm talking about, this will deal with the ones you don't see. Preach, boy, preach. Now, Ephesians 6, 12, it suggests the devil has demons pretty well organized. And you military, you got any military people here? All the military people, would you please stand? Let's give the Lord a great big God bless you for all our military first sergeants. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, all, all you military people. You, you may be sick. They, they're really going to understand this. Um, military people understand in their training that you're always at an advantage as a military person when you encounter somebody who have not been in the military. Because in the military, they are a stickler for discipline and organization and following the commands. Military people are trained to know you're not doing your own thing. They know when they raise their right hand and say, I do, that they don't belong to themselves anymore. Uncle Sam owns you. You can be court-martialed for getting a suntan. Because your body belongs to the government. Are you listening to me? So when you go into the military, they have what they call boot camp. And everybody who don't conform, uh, what do they do with the military people? Somebody said over here, weed them out, but there's a, there's a stronger word. Discharge, that's a good one. I'm, I'm looking for something else. For, for, the, for the soldier who just won't comply. No, they do more than court-martial. All right, all that. They send you home. They send you home, and they give you a general... You know, so you can go home and say, you know, they let you out because your feet was flat. You know, some other. But the bottom line, you refuse to comply. And if we get in a battle and you don't want to follow orders, you put all of us in jeopardy. Are you all listening to me? I, I remember they put us in a building and set it on fire. And I was all right when I was in the back holding the hose. But what I didn't know, everybody's going to get a turn. And for some reason, the head commander, I don't know what he saw in me. Maybe, maybe I was a little, you know, because I kind of smelled myself then. Maybe he saw something. But it's clear to everybody in the company that he put more oil in the building when it came to my turn. And the whole thing was, no matter what happens, you cannot let hope go of that nozzle. Not as the front man. I don't care what happens. So, you know, 
They go through a, what they call a test run, no fire. Sweep right, sweep left, sweep right. I'm not lost words, I'm just getting flashbacks. Sweet left. And that man put so much gasoline in that building for your pastor. And I swept right. And I swept left. And most people, once they do it two or three times, the fire goes out. I'm sweeping right. I'm sweeping left. I'm hollering. My hair's burning. I mean, burning off of my, my arm. Burning my, you know, well, they had no afro, they cut that. But a uh, little more than this. And I'm sweeping right. I'm hollering. I'm turning my head. And the commander said, don't let go of that nozzle. Don't let go of that nozzle. And I'm sweeping right. I'm sweeping left. I'm sweeping right. <laughs> Tell the truth, shame the devil. But I held, I know y'all waiting on something, but I held on to that nozzle. I can't tell you how grateful to Jesus I was that that fire finally went out. And what they were doing with all of those tests from, from the, the gas, putting you in the gas chamber, and they're, they're testing your fortitude to see how much staying power you got. That when you get scared, because I was scared, tell the truth, same the devil. Sweeping and scared. But they want to know that if you get scared, do you run? I'm going to preach now. There's a lot of things as a Christian that you have to stand in and continue to do even when you're scared. You're scared, and you have to do it anyway. I do have faith. That don't mean I don't have sense, too. I got faith in my heart, but my head said, run. So you can have faith in your heart and doubt in your head. Because God, oh Jesus, God is not looking at your head. Preach, boy. He's looking at your So David said, Lord God, create in me a, a right heart. So you can be afraid and still do it. You can want to go and still stay. Because I refuse to let my heart doubt God, though my head is swimming. That's why I have to watch what I say, that I don't say words that I don't need to speak because I'm speaking out of my head. So Ephesians 6, 12, it suggests that the devil has, a, has demons pretty well organized. So it's clear from Apostle Paul that he has generals, which are at the top. That he has lieutenant colonels and sergeants and, and corporals. And what I call ordinary, maybe E1 or E2 or E3 infantry people. In other words, Satan is well organized. And some of you, after 15 years, you're still just dealing with an infantry devil. The devil could just send some low-ranked demon to where now you ought to be able to fight. And not just, you ought to be able to help somebody else fight. The Word of God talks about you're sucking on milk when you should be by now eating meat. You should be a teacher by now, yet you still need somebody to teach you. 
So how are we going to effectively engage in this spiritual battle when Apostle Paul makes it emphatically clear that the devil is organized? How are you going to beat somebody organized and you're unorganized? Somebody breaking the house, you're unorganized. Where's the gun? Like the thief who broke in is going to tell you where it's at. Then you find the gun, but you forgot where you put the bullets. Where did I put that gun? Where did I put the bullets? Why are you doing all that? They, they take the stuff out of your house. Why? You're unorganized. If you left something at home right now and you really needed it, could you send any one of us here to your house and tell us where it is? Could you say, go into the front door, turn left, that's my bedroom. Walk in, to the right, there's a trestle drawer. Pull out the third drawer, look to the left, pull up what you see to the left, and at the bottom, you'll find what I need you to bring. Y'all see your faces. Your house, your bedroom, your closet, your, your house has to be organized for you to be able to give those kind of instructions. Or would you say something like this? Go through the front door if you can. Turn left. Don't pay no attention to your stuff on the floor. I, I, I'm going to get to it. I just haven't been able to wash this this week. But, but step over there. Don't mind it. Then go in the bedroom. But don't look to the left. Don't, don't go over there. And look to the right. There's, 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 a, there's a trestle drawer there. Got seven. I don't know. Look in all seven drawers. Sad to say, the latter is most people. This is, this is really good. Nugget number two, you said you're, com you're commanded in the word of God to judge, to prove, to scrutinize, and to critique everything you hear and see. That you may not be deceived in these last days. I'm going to interrupt my Bible study and give you um, homework. Please read before too many nights pass. Fresh and anew again, Matthew chapter 24. You're commanded in the word of God to judge, to prove, to scrutinize, to critique everything you hear or see. Why? That you may not be deceived in these last days. Did you ever think that you would live in America in a day where everything that used to be right now is wrong? And you will literally be hated for standing up for godly biblical principles from supposedly Christians. Now, I'm not going to get political. That's not my point tonight at all. But as a believer, we don't have any discussion about abortions. Whether to do it or not to do it. We're Christians. And got quiet, see? Because as believers in Christ Jesus, we have to be for life. As a believer... Now, you might have to be other things as a politician. But I'm not a politician, and I'm not running for office. As a believer, you have to be for life. And by us being for life, we're not siding with some political group because they all got something wrong with them. So we're not 
Republican or Democrat. We should be for issues. So whoever your district council person is, you should have a personal meeting and find out their position on certain issues and vote accordingly to stay in right standing with God. God. Because I don't want to vote any vote that's against him. My position and your position is his position. Not the White House, not Congress, but the King of the Kings and the Lord of the Lords. Whatever his position is, that's our position as people of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Now let's close with this. First uh, John chapter 4. First John, are you getting anything at all? First John chapter 4. We'll close with this tonight. First John chapter 4. Not the gospel, but first John chapter 4. If you're there, say amen. Well, it's on the screen. Look at verse number one. Ready? Read. Beloved. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Notice here, this is not an option. This is not an option. You can't take this or leave it. The writer says, do not believe every spirit. Who we? But test the spirits. Whether they are of God, because many false prophets or teachers have gone out into the world. So this ties in with your third nugget where I said everything that comes to you in a spiritual context should be tested. Just because something is supernatural doesn't mean it's God. And just because something is spectacular doesn't mean it's God. I'm going to get you now. And just because something is a miracle, it does not mean that God performed it. Mm. Ooh, Jesus. I got him now, Lord. Nugget number four says, the spirit of God and the word of God always what? It always agrees. I've always said this. You've heard me say it over the years. Uh, you need to know if a person is operating by the power of God or is that person operating by a familiar spirit? Now, I remember uh, Dr. Benny Hinn, you've heard me say this. He was teaching my wife and I for a couple of hours or so, one-on-one, -on -one, just my wife and I just blew his staff away. And he began to share with me. And Dr. Roy Hicks, who ministered in this house, as well as, uh, 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 what's his name? Benny Hinn ministered here. But they said the same thing. And, 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 and he, uh, Dad Hicks said, he said, son, he said, you be careful. You be careful about when you're operating and people are operating in the spirit. He said, because one minute they can be in the spirit. He said, and then the next minute they can be entertaining a familiar spirit. I'll never forget it. And I said, Dad Hicks, I said, well, how do I guard it? He said, when you sense the Holy Spirit is done, he said, stop. I don't care if you're right in the middle of a sentence. He said, the moment you sense that the Holy Spirit is through, he said, I don't care if the church don't understand. He said, as, as soon as you sense the Holy Spirit has backed off, he said, you stop. He said, if you don't stop and continue, he said, then a familiar spirit will accommodate you. If you yield to the pressures of the onlookers. They can run side by side. I've been in services. My wife will attest to it. I've been in services where I witness a person, I mean, operating profoundly by the power of God. And then two or three minutes later, I mean, way over with a familiar spirit. And I tell her because I'm teaching her. I said, you see that? No, no. Well, look, look closer. Yeah, I see that. I said, that's a familiar spirit. 
Well, how come they don't stop? I say they don't know the difference. You've seen me over the years in the service. Somebody will get up and say something and I'll stop it. Because what's coming from them is not bearing witness with my spirit. And as a pastor, you have to be bold enough to shut it down. To protect the people. You don't need a familiar spirit talking to the folk. I remember on one occasion, uh, two ladies in the church, none of them are here today. Uh, they were liking a guy in the church. And one lady got up, yay, yay, yay. This is in Raytown. Thus saith the Lord. And she got to saying something. Uh, and, uh, and then the other girl, she got, yay, yay, yay. <laughs> and so she was trying to outdo the one girl to impress this guy in the church. And I had to shut it down. I said back, some of you may, I don't want to say too much because you're going to start connecting the dots. But then the person started being demanding. And I knew that wasn't God. I said, no, no, no. I said, sister, have a seat. Because the Holy Ghost don't talk like that. God doesn't demand for you to bow. He asked. So I always like to know which spirit is a person of when, when they're operating in spiritual things. Who Jesus? What, what spirit are they of? Uh, so the word of God tells you to test every spirit, yes? To test it. So if somebody knows you're trying a spirit, and they get mad at you, you probably got your answer. You've heard me say this, I'll say it again. Anybody who's trying to manipulate you with a controlling spirit, and you're not sure if it is a controlling spirit, just one day just decide to say no. And watch how they act. Because a familiar spirit can't take no for an answer. Why? Why, preacher? Because it's all about controlling you. I told you to do something, you ain't doing it. I told you to say something, you're not saying it. I told you to give something, you're not giving it. It can't, it can't be still because if it be still, then that's a sign it's losing control. So that thing will become more demanding, almost borderline hostile. That's a controlling spirit. I love you, but if you leave me, I'm going to make it. Hold on, say it again. I love you. I don't want you to leave, but if you leave, I'm going to make it. Because my life is not being controlled by you. You should be able to say that about everybody, but God, I love you. Jesus, God knows I do. I don't want you to leave, but if you leave, I'm going to make it. Because you're not my source, God is. And he was making a way for me before I ever knew you existed. Mm, Jesus. Amen. You're my husband. You're my wife. That's no entitlement to play God. But one person said anything to me. And but one father, one Savior Jesus, one Holy Spirit. Now, wife, you are a helper. Thank you for your help, but you're not the Holy Ghost. The men will leave me hanging, but that's all right. I'll just be out here by myself. Now, now notice in John, 
John 4, 1, notice John says, many. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit where they are of God because many. Is that what your Bible says? Does it say many? But notice it didn't say all. It did not say all. It says many. Which just simply means there are real prophets of God. There are real teachers of God. And you need spiritual discernment to know the difference. To know the difference between a real um, anointed man or woman of God, the difference between an anointed man of God or anointed woman of God than a witch or a warlock or a Satanist or a charmer. Or a palm reader. Mm-hmm. Had somebody read your palm. Boy, it's getting quiet in this church. All that stuff is witchcraft. Dialing the psychic hotline. Because you're too lazy to get in the Bible and get a word. Or come to church faithfully and let the Holy Ghost talk to you through me. So you got to go home and call uh, the psychic hotline. And it's not free. And those, those, uh, what do you call those groups or those businesses are making billions of dollars. And they say the people who call the psychic hotline the most are Christians. And I fought the preachers, the churches. Some of them are calling because nothing is happening in their church. And people want answers. People want answers. People want to know how to make the right decision. And we walk around as believers with all power like we're powerless. If Joseph and Daniel under an old covenant could spend time with God and get an answer. You can spend time with God and get an answer about your son, about your daughter, about your marriage, about your business. But it takes time with God. God doesn't want you as believers walking around in the dark. The Bible says we know all things. Because we have an unction from the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, man, Pastor Halp can help you. I said, send them to me. I can. With the help of God. If they're willing to be patient and allow me to pray until I hear from God, I'll get something. Now make sure you really want to know. See, some of you don't understand this kind of talk. But, but witches got power. Warlocks got power. We do too. If they can talk to the devil and get an answer, I can and you can talk to God and get a better answer. Lester Summerall was in the Philippines and a witch doctor came into the service, walked up front and made a man levitate in the service. And so everybody shifted from Dr. Summerall, who ministered in this ministry several times. I've talked to him extensively. I learned so much from that man about demonology and how to deal with the devil. He said, I'm in the service ministering, and a, a warlock walked down the center of the aisle and started saying something and levitated. Not a person, that individuals start levitating in midair. Some of you, if you've seen that, we'd have to catch you running on I-435. 
Jesus. Driving 90 miles an hour, we still can't catch you. But in the Western Hemisphere, we think this stuff is facetious. It's a fairy tale. And so the church looked at Dr. Summerall like, what are you going to do? This man is levitating in the service. People are getting off into these kind of things in yoga. Because yoga is not exercise. It's a, it's a religion. And if you engage in it, you're engaging in spirituality, whether you know it or not. You're just ignorant, but you're in it. And those hums that they teach you to hum, that's summoning familiar spirits. It's not innocent. And the churches that is running those yoga classes in their church, my heart goes out to them. They've invited the devil in. And you're going to get a hold of something. You tell me, well, I don't know what I'm saying. Don't make no difference. You're saying it. So this man's levitating in the service. What would you do? Some of you looking at me like I, I take a few more seats back to the back. I sit back there with the folks in the back. You can't continue to preach. The devil's showing out. You can't tell the folks to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The devil's showing out in your service. Here we go. The devil's showing out in your house. Your son or your daughter is acting like a demon. What are you going to do? You can't shut your door and go to bed. The devil's loose in your house. So Lester Sermon said, he said, I pointed at the man and said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, come down. And the man fell to the floor. Got up and got saved. Ooh, Jesus. So I've taught you these things. I'm trying to teach you these things because the word of God says prove all things. And I refuse to pastor an ignorant church full of ignorant people. And Paul said we're not ignorant of Satan's strategies. For we know how to deal with him intelligently with the word of God. And we know how to try a spirit. If you don't know anything, you know this. If something's going on, does it line up with the word of God? Does it line up with the word of God? And for those of you who have a prayer life and a study life with the word of God, does it register with your spirit that what's going on there is of God? Or are you getting a check? Learn how the Holy Spirit speaks to you and learn how to yield to his leading and you will stay safe in Jesus' name. Did the word bless you tonight? Hallelujah. Can you put your hands together and thank God for the word? We could go longer, but I... I thought I would give you the short version tonight. Praise the Lord. This is midweek Bible study. Thank you all. So it's a few minutes to 8 o'clock. Uh, did, did you get anything at all? You got something you can work with? Don't forget what I shared with you from the beginning. Satan only has three things. Whether it's an attack against your marriage, against your children, against your finances, against the church. He only has three things. When he shows up, he's trying to do three things. One of the three or all the above. He comes to kill, to steal. You better know that. 
He didn't, he never comes to bless you. He never comes to show you the right way. He's a liar and the father of lies. You got to know that. That when things are not going right with your marriage or your family, you're under attack. And you have to know how to fight back. Paul said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Don't just give your children to the devil. They don't belong to him. They belong to you and you gave them back to God. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent. Take it. I ain't asking, I'm taking it. I don't have to ask the devil for what's mine. You have no business with it. We take it. And everything you stole from me, even the stuff you stole that I don't even know you stole, but you know you stole it, and God knows you stole it, and I'm claiming that too. I want all my stuff. Take your hands off of my son. Take your hands off of my daughter. Take your hands off of my marriage. Take your hands off my finances. Take your hands off of my family. And I'm not asking. I'm commanding you in the name of Jesus. Bless the Lord tonight. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.